0: You're listening to the NPO Media Podcast, produced by volunteers with the New York City Staten Island chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent those of NAMI or its affiliates. For this episode, I spoke with Catherine. She shares her story of living with anxiety and depression.
1: Okay, my name is Catherine. I'm 19 years old. I'm currently a college student. I'm studying political science and philosophy, which at times is really stressful, but I do love what I study. I also want to go to law school. I care a lot about my grades. I do have anxiety. That's why we're here. So school stresses me out a lot, but I do well, and sometimes I I try to use my anxiety as like a helper in a way. So if I have an assignment I know I have due, even if it's like two weeks away, I get so worked up and nervous about it that I just do it to get it out of my brain, so I don't have to keep worrying about that. I have a very loud Italian family, so, and a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts, uncles, so sometimes it's hard to get lost in the mix a little bit, and I'm also the youngest in my family, so I've always been the baby, you know, I was always more sensitive, I was always the one crying at the end of games or whatever we would play, so...
0: So how old were you when you first experienced symptoms?
1: I would say like 13, but I didn't know then. I didn't know what. I didn't realize that it was anxiety or depression. I just didn't really think of it or know about it. But by the time I was about 15 or 16, I said like I wanted to see a doctor maybe go on medication because I was very depressed and I also have a sensitive stomach so when I'm anxious it like presents itself as a stomach ache or before I have to go somewhere my stomach is in knots or I can't eat so we just went to our normal internist um My mom was always really supportive. So I would like tell her I don't feel good. I want to, you know, go to the doctor. And I said from the get go, I wanted to be on medication. I don't know why. My mom's a pharmacist and my dad's a doctor. So growing up, it was always like something's wrong. You take medicine, you fix it. That was in my head. My mom was a little more against it. She wanted to try like, oh, let's try the St. John's wort, which is a more like natural supplement that they say helps mental health. But I had it in my head for some reason that I wanted to be on medication. So I was feeling really bad, super depressed. At that point, I was more depressed than anxious. So I just like hated myself, you know, like I didn't like myself. I don't feel good about myself. I don't want to get out of bed and like... I know I should probably get up and do something. I just don't have the energy. I don't have the will to do it. I don't want to move. A couple of times, I would just like lay in my bed. Not a couple of times. I would do it a lot. I would just lay in my bed and cry. And a couple of times, my mom and my sister literally dragged me out of bed. They were like, get up. We're going for a walk. We're getting out of the house. Like, you're not going to just lay here, you know? So that was really good, having a good like family support system.
0: How did you go about finding a therapist?
1: when I first started college, I was using the school's counseling center. So I was in therapy once a week, and then I went to twice a week. And I'd been to therapy before, but I never really found a therapist I liked. So I would go, but I wouldn't fully open up. I didn't really feel comfortable. And when you're young, you know, like your mom sitting out, my mom would be sitting right outside the door. So I get nervous, what if the doctor, whatever. I didn't want, I just didn't feel safe, I guess, just saying everything that I really wanted to. So when I got to college, going to therapy was really, really helpful for me. And my therapist was a student of psychology, you know, working to be a therapist. So it was kind of nice because we were like working through things together and I liked his approach in therapy. So for like maybe three months or so, I felt like, okay, I don't want to be on medication anymore, but I don't feel ready to come off of it yet. If I could give any advice that people would listen to I think I would say do not be afraid to go to therapy because for a long time I didn't like therapy I never found a therapist I liked so I didn't want to go and that's okay if you don't like your therapist you know you could say I'm sorry I don't think it's a good match and try to find a new one because I started therapy when I was really young just dealing with like parents separating you know that's something really hard and I remember my sister said she was maybe fifth grade someone in her class said oh therapy's only for crazy people and my sister turned around and said, I'm in therapy. I'm not crazy. And that's something I think about that to this day. I had to be like 10 years old when I heard that story. And that still sticks with me today because there are people who really believe that. Think, oh, if you go to therapy, if you seek help, you know, you have issues. You know what? Yeah, I have issues, but it's OK to need help. It's OK to talk to someone because just things sitting in your head and, you know, you they they snowball into something so big that you can't even tackle it yourself. So even just getting it out and bouncing ideas off another person can be so helpful. When I got to college, I had a younger therapist. He was a student himself. So that we had a good connection, but it really depends on the person. But I think it's so important to just get what you're feeling out of your head. Say it to someone else. Because then also my therapist would just say, oh, well, I noticed you said this and this. Do you think there's a connection there? you know, do you think this has something to do with that? And even just hearing that, I would say, okay, never thought about that before, but yeah, I think you're right. Then I'd go home and I'd reflect on it and think about it. And it would help me come to my own conclusions in a way by hearing someone else say, okay, well, from an outside perspective, I noticed this. So really, it's not you going to someone and saying, help me, tell me what to do. For me personally, it was a way for me to Self reflect and help myself rather than someone else saying, Oh, well, you should do this, you should do that, you should do that, and you'll feel better because that's not how it works. You have to find it in yourself to help yourself. If you don't feel comfortable saying everything that's in your head, I mean, sometimes there are like little tiny things that you know you may not want to share, but if there are big things you're leaving out with your therapist, then you should be, you know, trying to find someone else. You have to find someone who you know isn't gonna judge you, which you know, that's usually the case, but sometimes just like personalities don't match and you do you can feel judged or you feel like they just won't understand this. So it's good to find someone that you know you can be open and honest with
0: Would you say that treatment has made a difference?
1: So my symptoms are better, but I would say that is more so because of the therapy. I don't know if that's from being in a good therapy situation or just growing and learning.
0: Are there certain times of the year when you might feel more affected by your depression?
1: I have anxiety and depression. So when I'm in school, I'm, I tend to be really anxious because I have a lot on my plate. And then once summer comes, if I have nothing to do, that's when I get depressed. So it kind of goes up and down. So if like, my anxiety is more there, then my depression goes down. If my depression's there, then the anxiety goes down.
0: What type of concerns did you have, if any, about people around you finding out about your diagnoses?
1: I didn't want people to know, like I did feel like a shame around it. But once I got to college, I and just like seeing on social media, there are so many people who have like some sort of mental illness. So many people, especially my generation, such bad anxiety, such bad depression. I don't know if that has to do with social media. Sometimes I feel like it does. But um, seeing that there were other people with it, I was like learning more about it. I was becoming more ready to talk about it. Feeling more comfortable talking about it and accepting it made it easier to deal with in a way and cope with it. And it also, it was hard for a while because I couldn't like differentiate like what was me and what was like my anxiety, what was my depression. Like it's hard to tell, is this my own like thought or is this like my depression talking to me? And like that really didn't click for me until I was in college. So Like those realizations altogether is what made me more able to talk about it. I also run an Instagram account where I like run it like a blog. So every other picture I post is in quote. Normally I try to make it about mental health or, you know, feeling good about yourself, things like that. So because I noticed seeing that other people are suffering with what I have has helped me and know that like I'm not alone in this. So I'm hoping to help other people with that. And it's interesting because I'll have people I've known for a while. I'll post something or when I posted I was having a fundraiser. People were messaging me saying like, oh, I can't make it or I would love to come. This is something I suffer with. Even if I can't be there, I want to support you because, you know, I deal with this every day. And it's so interesting because I've known these people and I had no idea that they were dealing with something similar. So that was firsthand proof for me that me talking about my own experience is even just helping another person open up about it or, you know, feel like they're not alone. So. I have this blog, I've had it for not a year, maybe nine months or so. But there was like a two or three month period where I didn't post on it. Because I was I wasn't feeling good. I was anxious. I was depressed. And I didn't want to be posting preaching about, oh, you know, be positive. Just think this way when I was struggling with that. And in a way, when I was doing it, it was helping me cope with it and doing it. But even then I came back and my first post back was, sorry, I have not been posting. I've been feeling really bad lately. And I don't want to post things that aren't my reality. You know, I want it. I want my page to be real and relatable. So I make it a point to not post things that aren't what I'm actually dealing with. And I remember during finals last semester I was saying, you know, it's finals week. I'm so stressed. I'm so anxious right now, but I know it's going to be worth it. So just trying to find things that are true, but also help others see that, you know, even if you are dealing with it, it's not the end of the world. There is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, which for a while I didn't see, you know. So now that I do see it, it's nice to share it when I can and when I'm feeling up to it. So I just got back maybe about like two weeks ago to posting on that account. So I'm I'm really excited to keep going with that.
0: I use social media myself to help disseminate information from our local NAMI chapter. There is, however, I believe a dark side to social media, Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Social media can 100% be so damaging because people, you know, you see what other people are doing. And for me too, like when I was really depressed, I'd be laying in bed and I'd see people out having fun. And, you know, you get that fear of missing out. Even if you don't want to be there, it's like, oh, okay, all of these people are enjoying their lives. They're all having fun. Why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing these things? So, but Instagram, you could make look completely different than what you're actually doing. Not all of it is real. You could- be away for, like, three days, take so many pictures, and then for the next month make it look like you're on a months-long vacation or, you know, make it look like you're traveling all over the world all the time. So Instagram is not reality, which is hard to see.
0: What's your take on the idea of people self-medicating to deal with their mental health issues?
1: Yeah, and I see that a lot in, like, kids my age, too, because, like, kids I see, like, who have, like, substance abuse problems or, you know, are always out, always drinking, always partying, always doing drugs, it's... you. Sometimes you could tell that there's something, like, deeper down that's the reason why they're acting this way, so... And Staten Island's one of the highest rates of drug abuse in the country, I'm pretty sure, so I think a lot of it comes from having bad mental health and, you know, problems with mental illness and then turning to things to make yourself feel better rather than, you know doctor because some people it's there is such a stigma that their parents think you know you only go to a therapist if you're crazy people still have that mindset which is you know it's weird to think about because it's 2019 but there really are people who don't believe in therapy don't believe in medication you know and you get the classic like oh it's all in your head and it's like okay yes it is but that doesn't mean it's not an actual illness you know
0: what other kind of activities are you involved in outside of school
1: So I'm involved in the Miss America organization. So for that, you pick a platform that, you know, a cause that you care about. So mine is about mental health. And when I first started, it wasn't because I wasn't ready to talk about it. I didn't want anyone to really know. So yeah, since I got to college, I've been more able to talk about it. So I've been advocating for that. I held a fundraiser for NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. And that was a great time. I had it at painting with a twist. So everyone came and we painted and raised, I think, just about a thousand dollars. So that was super fun. And painting is something that I turn to for comfort when I'm feeling especially anxious or sad. So turning that into something that helps the cause was such a fun and rewarding experience. So I want to make that an annual thing that I do every September, you know, hold a fundraiser for that, keep advocating. I also am going to start working with NAMI and Hopefully I can get involved in the programs and go to school, speak to children and teenagers, tell them my story and help them. And it's hard because sometimes kids don't even recognize it. They don't even know or they, they see like their friend is acting weird. They don't even know what it's about. So hoping to help people be able to recognize it. Doing pageants has helped me have a drive to Help other people because that you have to choose something that you care about that you want to promote and advocate for. So that gives me a reason sometimes too to post on the Instagram page that I have. you know My name is positively Cat on Instagram and I post all my positive quotes, you know, pictures about my life and the things I'm doing. But you know having a goal that I want to reach is what helps push me to do things that I know I should be doing that'll help me feel better, but sometimes I just don't have the motivation or the will to do.
0: For me, music has a lot of therapeutic value. How do you feel about that?
1: I never really used music like that because I would listen to really sad music. Like I would, I don't know, and I always loved like sad songs, ballads, stuff like that because I was feeling that way. But my boyfriend loves music. He, music is his life. He listens to music all day, every day. When he's not listening to music, he's singing it. So seeing how it helped him helped me in a way because I can see that. Like, I can use that as my own tool. You know, if I'm feeling down, put on a throwback song, an old song from, like, the early 2000 that I used to love to sing. Or just in the car, blast that and sing it, and I feel so much better. And, you know, I sing a little bit. I always, like, like to sing, but I was so self-conscious about it. I was like, I sound so bad. Everyone's going to think I'm so bad, so I never wanted to do it. But now, you know, I, I've been singing more. That helps me now, too. Like, I'll be just laying in bed or just, you know in my car, walking around, and I'll be singing. And that's something that helps, like, I feel good when I'm, like, even if it's just to myself. It's something that makes me happy. So that, too, has helped me. I love looking up poems. Like, reading poetry really helps me, too. I like R.M. Drake. I like, um, Rupi Kaur. I don't know how to say her last name. Rupi Kaur. Milk and Honey's her, like, most famous book. But even just reading poetry makes me feel better. Because that's also, like, okay, there are other people, or it's a form of art that is soothing.
0: What are some other things that have helped you?
1: So, one thing that's also helped me is being conscious of what I eat. And I have stomach problems, so there's a diet I should be following, but this is like can go for everyone. You know, there are things you should be eating and there are things you shouldn't be eating. And when I eat the things I know I shouldn't be eating, I feel terrible physically, mentally, everything. I feel sluggish, I don't want to move. I feel bad. I think, why did I even eat that? Why did I go near that? So eating better also makes me feel better. I'm also because I have some problems. I'm naturally very thin. And even I know my boyfriend, you know, he has his own problems with feeling down or feeling bad. And he knows if he gets up and goes to the gym, he'll feel so much better afterwards. So just getting into positive things like that, even if you don't want to go, just go and you'll thank yourself later. And I know I'll be home and I'll be thinking, oh, do I really want to go? I don't want to get up. And my mom tells me, don't think about it. Just go do it. And that's something I tell myself too. Like, okay, don't think about it. Don't question if I really want to. Just go. Get in the car. Go. Get dressed. Don't sit and say, oh, get ready in five minutes. Do it.
0: (laughs) I applaud your sense of community and your drive to help others. For me, that's been a very helpful thing
1: it's so important to help other people because I still have mental illness. My anxiety and depression aren't gone, but that doesn't mean that I can't help other people. But, you know, you have to get to a certain point. You have to get to a point where you feel comfortable enough talking about it. You have to be accepting of your own issues in order to use that to help other people.
0: And your willingness to help and share your story helps combat stigma.
1: Part of the stigma too. People, you know, don't want to say they have depression because they're going to say oh well because they're afraid that other people will judge them or say oh you know you have a nice house why are you depressed oh you have this why are you depressed you know there always are going to be people like that but the more people that come out and say like listen I struggle with this too I know I'm not the only one that is what helps combat that stigma and those people who have that ignorant mindset about mental health
0: I know you're pursuing a degree in law. Is there any particular area that interests you?
1: I'm not sure yet. I do like environmental law. I really care about the environment, which more people should. And I think we're moving towards that, but not fast enough as a society. So environmental law is something I really care about. And I think I would be interested in pursuing. But I'm not sure. I I know some things I definitely don't want to do. So that's good. I know I don't want to do corporate. I don't want to do divorce law. I don't know about criminal law. That's a little on the fence. So definitely not like, I don't know. So I know what I don't want to do, which is good, but I would like to get into politics one day, like run for office. So even constitutional law, anything like
0: that. That's really great, Catherine. And your willingness to be an Ending the Silence young adult presenter will be a great asset to our local NAMI chapter.
1: Yeah, I'm just really excited to keep going and keep growing and learning and learning about myself. And I think once I get out there and start talking to teenagers and kids about my own story, um, that's a rewarding feeling. And getting those moments where you feel gratitude or just feeling rewarded for what you've done... I feel like that even makes it more worth it. And that makes you feel better about yourself too. Like that can help with your own mental illness saying, you know, I may be dealing with this, but look at how many people I've helped. Or even if I don't, I can't see it. You never know that one thing you say can resonate with someone. So that's something I'm really excited to do going forward. And it's important to remember that you are separate from your mental illness. You are not your mental illness. You are not your depression. You are not your anxiety. Because a lot of times I would just say, okay, I'm just anxious. Like, anxiety is me. I am anxiety. It's You have to separate yourself from it. If you don't separate yourself from it, it clouds your mind to a point where you can't think rationally. So, and I struggle with this still. So there are times where I have more clarity than others when I think, okay, I'm feeling this way. I know it's my depression. And there are times where I just feel depression, like everything. So I want to keep working, keep getting to a place where hopefully I can separate it and say, okay, Catherine, this is my depression. It does not define you. And just because you have anxiety or you have depression does not mean you're any less capable of doing what you want to do. I was interviewing during a pageant and there's an interview section and in. I talk about my anxiety and because that's what I have as my platform and one of the judges said to me oh well you know the job of Miss New York if you get it is super stressful and super anxiety provoking like how are you going to be able to do that and that was kind of hard like the way he said it was kind of hard to hear it was like hard to swallow the way he said that but I try to use it to my advantage I try to get things done early and I was talking to my other friend and she was saying You know, there are people with anxiety who are fully functioning members of society. Just because I have this and I deal with this does not mean I am less capable of any job or role or position. So that's important to keep in mind. Do not let it define you.
0: Excellent points. Do you have any closing remarks for our listeners?
1: So one of my favorite quotes is, Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And that's why it's so important to be kind to people because I'm dealing with mental illness. This person can be dealing with this or that or the other thing. So it's so important to just be kind. Even if you don't feel it, you know, you feel down on yourself or you're not feeling great, it's so important to still put positive out into the world because I believe wholeheartedly, if you put positive out there, you're going to get positive back in some way or another. So that's why it's important. You have to. Put kindness, love, positivity out there and stay hopeful. I know it's easier said than done, but you have to try not to fall into the hole that, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is how I'm always going to be. I'm never going to find a solution. I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction. So if you tell yourself, I'm not going to get better, I'm not going to get better, I'm not going to get better. You might not get better. You have to put into your own subconscious that I'm going to get better. I'm going to find a way to get through this. This isn't me. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to fight this. And you will. If you put something out and you hope for it and you try your absolute hardest, I believe that you're going to succeed. If you say, I'm not going to find anything to help me. There's no way. Nothing's going to help me. You're trying to help yourself with your foot already out the door, the other direction. So you have to tell yourself, I'm going to find a way to get through this. I'm going to feel better one day. Some way or another, I believe it's going to happen for you. Mindfulness. Thank you for listening to the NPO Media Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. This podcast is brought to you by volunteers from NAMI, New York City, Staten Island. If you or someone you know is interested in participating in an NPO Media Podcast, please email us at info at npomedia.org.